Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. From KMOX Sports. Okay, boys, here we go. Welcome to the Great Bar Sports Open Line. Those bit swings, and he hits a drive. He hits a slammer. Distributor for electrical and data comm needs. Here we go. Now, Matt Pauly on America's Sports Voice, KMOX. All right, man, let's get going here. Here we go, here we go, here we go. Let's go. No Cardinals baseball tonight, so we have a full two-hour edition of a Gray Bar Sports Open Line here on KMOX. As always, if you'd like to join us, you can do so by calling or texting or tweeting for that matter. But you call or text the same number, 314-436-7900, 314-436-7900. Or you can uh, tweet at me, at Matt Pauley on air, M-A-T-T-P-A-U-L-E-Y on air. We've got a lot of guests coming up today. Four separate guests going to join us between now and 8 o'clock. Dan Reardon is going to join us in uh, just about 10 minutes. Our uh, golf insider will get his thoughts on uh, everything that's going on in the world of golf with uh, Live Golf and uh, the public investment fund coming in and merging with the PGA Tour, the DP World Tour involved in that as well. Just craziness uh, over the last few days and a lot of people were caught off guard. A lot of people turning a full 180 compared to what they were said previously. Maybe not a lot of people, but a few people, specifically uh, PGA Tour Commissioner uh, Jay Monahan. So we'll uh, get into that with uh, Dan coming up in just a few moments. Also, uh, Sasha Kletchen's going to uh, join us. He is a studio analyst with Apple TV Plus and MLS Season Pass, and we'll uh, preview what's going to be going on with City this upcoming weekend as they match up against the LA Galaxy. That's going to be a Sunday afternoon contest over at uh, City Park. So uh, Sasha's going to join us at about 6.35 of this hour. We're also going to talk a fair amount about Messi as he is set to come into MLS. And a lot of people have already been asking, is there any chance that he's going to play when City SC matches up against Inter-Miami? Now, nobody has given an exact date on when Messi is going to make his MLS debut. But right now, if you just kind of read some of the things out there in social media, doesn't seem overly likely that he'll be uh, be available by that point, but you never know. But the bigger story here is him joining uh, MLS overall, just a, an international superstar, and he is going to bring more eyes to MLS. So we'll get into that uh, coming up in uh, just a little while. Second hour, it is a Thursday night, so that means the 7 o'clock hour is the strike zone where we do all base. Baseball. Carrick Jackson's going to uh, join us. He is the new baseball coach at the University of Missouri. He is a St. Louis guy, and he takes over a program. He's got a big challenge in front of him, trying to rebuild a program inside of the SEC where you don't have as many things going for you as some of the other SEC schools. That is a challenge. So we're going to talk with uh, Coach Jackson at about 7.20 and at uh, 
1245, we are going to be joined by Mark Sheldon, who covers the Reds for MLB.com. The Reds are kind of turning into a nice story, and it took me a little while to... Uh, I. I don't believe in the Reds, but what I do believe in is the young talent that they have. I believe in the the potential of them turning into something here at some point in time. I do think at some point this year they're going to start to fall off. But right now they've turned into kind of a, a fun team. Before they lost to the Dodgers today, they had won uh, three in a row and eight of their last 12. So they've been playing some pretty good baseball, and now they're going to come in for a three-game weekend series uh, against the Cardinals. Cardinals win yesterday. And I've, I've mentioned this a few times. I mentioned this on the extra inning show yesterday. I mentioned it with uh, the show earlier today. Uh, Wheels and I talked about it a little bit about an hour ago during Total Information PM. For everything that happened in yesterday's game for the Cardinals, the one nothing victory, the thing that just jumped out at me, the thing that I looked at and said, if you can keep doing this, winning might become more sustainable, was the use of the bullpen. It was a very conventional night when it came to the bullpen. They got six innings out of their starter, which is fine. Which, you know, there's going to be people out there that say, I started and needs to go seven, needs to go eight. No, what has to happen is starters got to give you more than five. And Flaherty did that last night. If, if, if the starter is not pitching uh, beyond, much beyond the fifth inning, that's when wacky stuff starts to happen in your bullpen. So Flaherty gave him six, and then they were able to deploy Hicks, Gallegos, and Helsley for one inning each. And it wasn't one of those situations where you wanted those three guys to cover four innings, so one guy's getting four outs, or maybe one guy's trying to get five out. Like That wasn't, they didn't have to worry about it last night. They needed three outs from Hicks, they needed three outs from Gallegos, and they needed three outs from Helsley, and they got it. And if they can do that more, we can sit here and talk all we want about what the team is or is not doing from an offensive standpoint. We could talk about what they are and are not doing from a base running standpoint, from a defensive standpoint. And I'm not saying that those things don't matter. They do. But if you can get your starting pitcher just deep enough into the game where your relievers are covering three innings or less on most nights, you are able to utilize your bullpen in a very conventional type of way And when you are utilizing your bullpen that way, roles develop. I would be perfectly happy, perfectly comfortable. In fact, I would probably embrace it if the Cardinals were a team that used Hicks in the seventh, Gallegos in the eighth, and Helsley in the ninth. And none of those guys pitched multiple innings. And when it was a high leverage situation, when it was a save situation, they were going to those guys to cover the final three innings. And each of those guys, their job was to cover one inning. That's, that's utopian. Everything doesn't always work out that way. You're going to have some days with some short starts. You've got some flexibility in the bullpen because those guys can give you more than an inning if you need. But for me, you want to see the Cardinals turn this around? You want to see them find a way to start climbing up the standings consistently? Well, show me more games like yesterday. Maybe not from an offensive standpoint. You want to see them score more than one run. But from a pitching standpoint, and it's not even the fact that they pitched a shutout, but it was that they got at least six from their starter, and then they were able to use the uh, other relief pitchers in a very conventional type of way. And kudos to the Cardinals, too, for doing it that way yesterday. They didn't try to do something where – 
between Hicks, Gallegos, and Helsley, only two of those three guys were going to pitch to cover the final three innings. So one guy was going to get four outs, and the other guy was going to get five outs. Like they, they didn't, have to, they, they didn't even think about doing that. They just went the conventional path of having a seventh inning, an eighth inning, and ninth inning guy. And I thought that was important. And now we'll see what this team can do moving forward. Again, if you want to join us, you can do so. 314-436-7900. That's how you call. That's how you text. But up next, uh, we're going to talk some golf. Uh, big news earlier this week with the uh, PGA Live Golf merger. And uh, our KMOX golf insider, Dan Reardon, he's going to join us in just a moment or so. It's the Grave Hour Sports Open Line. My name is Matt Pauley on KMOX. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Back at it on a Gray Bar Sports Open Line. Had an interesting thing happen earlier in the week. One of the more interesting things you're ever going to see really in the world of sports where uh, two entities, and there were a lot of political implications, there were lawsuits being thrown around, and those two entities come together in a PGA Tour and uh, Live Golf using uh, the public uh, the, the, the public investment fund. The DP World Tour is involved in this as well. There's a lot going on, a lot more than I know, so uh, we're very happy to uh, welcome onto the program. He is our KMOX Golf Insider. He is Dan Reardon. Dan, thanks so much for taking some time with us today. How are you? I'm very fine, and thanks for the invitation. What was your initial reaction when you heard the news? Uh, I, like everybody else, including the, all the principals, uh, and for the most part involved, uh, surprised. Didn't know that this was ongoing. Although, learned from Rory McIlroy that he had been hearing this has been going on for about seven weeks, apparently, and uh, McIlroy was aware that there were conversations taking place, but didn't know any of the the details. But if I was surprised, I'm in good company because one of the people that found out uh, this announcement that morning was Greg Norman, the CEO of LIB Golf. So what? how does the PGA Tour do this when they were so anti everything that was going on with Liv going into it? I mean, it's a, it's a complete 180 for the PGA Tour. Absolutely, in terms of uh, the PGA Tour and their – their hypocrisy, given what they tried to uh, do with the moral high ground. And I'm not questioning their mo- their motives or their beliefs at that time. And, and this is capitulation in a sense that they are uh, letting the Saudis in when they had criticized anybody taking money from the Saudis in the past. I will say, and, I'm, and I apologize because I said the same thing when I was on with Chris and uh, Amy uh, a, a couple of days ago, 
I, I don't believe this is an actual merger that we're talking about. Everything that I read and hear from all the informed sources is that this is a conversation between the Saudi Investment Fund and the PGA Tour and the DP Tour, and it does not involve LIV in any way, shape, or form. In fact, there is every likelihood, I think, if you read through the lines, that what this is, is this is the end of the LIV Tour after 2023. You know, Greg Norman did a conference call with all the employees of the LIV operation and said, hang in there, we will continue to be a standalone uh, tour going forward in 24 and 25. He didn't mention Saudi money at that time. And, I, and I'm wondering the fact that he's been kept in the dark and out of the negotiation, if that isn't a telling sign that uh, part of this deal, and this would be treachery as well on the part of the Saudi system, so part of this deal is to get rid of LIV and operate solely with the two tours, which would be very financially beneficial to the Saudis as investors. So do all the – at that point, do you think Greg Norman is going to try to on his own to keep live going, or is it something where it just completely goes away and all these golfers who made this decision have the very uncomfortable moments of walking back into a, a PGA Tour locker room? I think you described it exactly. And understand that Greg Norman tried this poll several years ago, decades ago, quite honestly, mid-1990s, and couldn't find the financial backers to keep uh, – to keep that going forward. And he's been bitter about that ever since. My understanding is Norman has an enormous golden parachute that he'll walk away from this no matter what with a large sum of money. And yes, Jay Monahan and Rory McIlroy specifically talked about the idea of readmitting the, 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 go- the golfers that uh, departed for LIV to the PGA Tour. But they, they said in the case of Rory, there will be severe consequences for their return. And let me just give you a for instance, and I, I'm not saying this will happen, but let me just give you a for instance. What if, what if the stipulation for, let's say, Dustin Johnson coming back to play on the PGA Tour is he must resign his membership with LIV? That sounds like nothing, right? Except if he resigns his membership, he probably voids his contract. And all future payments on that contract would probably disappear. So there would be a severe price to pay if, if that was the punishment for, for returning to the tour. And quite honestly, the tour does have a policy in place that says you cannot belong to another tour without our permission. So like I said, I, I, I think they'll make their way back in. I think it will be a price to be paid. I don't know that it will match the money that the players who turned down to stay with PGA Tour uh, might be. And, and understand, <clears throat> this is all speculation. The only thing that we know for a fact is these two parties got together and agreed they're going to not – they're going to stop suing each other. And from that point forward, they're going to talk and discuss and decide what they're going to do. But Jay, Mon- Jay Monahan gave a bunch of hints. And one specifically was, Jay, do you think next year the LIV Tour and the PGA Tour will, re- oh, will be running events on the same weekend? He says, I don't see that, sport, uh, that scenario taking place. Does the PGA Tour need to do anything for the golfers who remain loyal, especially from a financial standpoint? Well, they've got a ton of money available to them now. If, if they wanted to make if they wanted to make them whole, they've got the, they've got the the, the uh, public investment fund available to them, and that's what seven hundred billion dollars or something like that. So, if they wanted to do that, they could do that. I think they're getting into a chaotic situation because they can't be equal payments. You know, let's let's use Rory as an example. Rory was asked, you know, if, if he's upset because he turned down four hundred billion dollars to sign with LIV. He said, I was never offered $400 million. I never even talked to them. 
So how do you make him whole when he's never even been made an offer? Uh, I I think that's a complicated situation. I think it's much easier to punish the players that walked away than it is to reward the players that maintain their loyalty. And quite honestly, I think that a Justin Thomas or a Jordan Spieth or Rory McIlroy would be satisfied if they knew the guys coming back to play on their tour were only going to be paid for what they earned when they were back on the tour and didn't have that huge guarantee uh, that all the rest of them turned down. KMOX Golf Insider Dan Reardon continuing to join us. Has Jay Monahan lost the trust of PGA Tour golfers? It depends on how he has, handles this deal. Uh, there are people that think he sold, not sold out, sold the PGA Tour to the Saudi Investment Fund. The way it's being described is there are three parties that will be part of a new company, and that new company will involve the PGA Tour, the DP Tour, and the Saudi Investment Fund. The Saudi Investment Fund is being described as a, min- a minority partner in that operation. If that is true, and the PGA Tour continues to run their operation the way they want to, then I think it will, he will be forgiven by the players. But if it turns out that, that he turned over the control of all of professional golf to the Saudis, then I think he, he's toast, and uh, they'll be looking for somebody new to fill that seat. He's, the, he's the, the commissioner of the tour, but it feels like a lot of these decisions will be made by, by the board, and I, I assume that's basically his boss. The board serves as, as Monaghan's boss. Is he, is he the point man, the guy who's got to like, you know, wear the vest for decisions that were made even above him? If you're saying is is he the target uh, under the is he the bullseye? The answer is yes in that regard. But in this new arrangement, again, Monahan said that for this new company, the company does not have a name. For this new company, the board will be made up of primarily PGA Tour members, and a minority will come from the other side of the operation. So the DP Tour and the uh, and the the PGA Tour will have the voting uh, block on their side. Now, whether they can override the I think he's being described as the chairman of this new company. I don't know if that's the case. You know, there's so much of this that needs to be finalized. And then there's the, there's the argument out there that, uh, you know, this is all against antitrust. You know, that's, that's what the suit from the LIV was against the PGA Tour, that they were, they were uh, violating antitrust laws by trying to restrict the players from playing on the LIV Tour. Well, let's say they take action against that tour and it goes away. Somebody's going to step up and file antitrust uh, antitrust violations against them. So, like I said, there's so many things in the air. It would probably have been nicer if they had kept this under wraps for a little longer. My understanding is the reason this came up as quickly as it did is because about a month ago, uh, the DP Tour won a major lawsuit uh, in England that, that basically said they can do whatever they want as far as their members are concerned and they could restrict them from playing in any DP Tour events. And the Saudis knew at that point in time, legally, they were going to lose on everything they're trying to do. And so that started the talks going so that everybody was looking for a win-win situation. Uh, as I said, I could be completely wrong on this, but to me this sounds like Appomattox for the LIV and face-saving for the Saudis. And one other possibility, Matt, really, and I don't think this is so far-fetched, the Saudis may have had this idea all along. You know, LIV never looked like a good idea to me in the first place. Not enough players, not enough stuff going on to make it viable. What if the Saudis said, we want, involve, we want an involvement in a professional sport. 
we want a financial involvement in golf. We make money in professional sports. Let's do this. Let's put a rival up there, finance it for a period of time, and that will pressure the other operation to come over and, and talk to us, and we get in the game. Is that is that such an insane idea for people who are really very, very good businessmen? No, that's been floated a lot. If you're a fan of The Office, a lot of people have made uh, comparisons to the Michael Scott Paper Company, uh, and that's uh, in many ways there is some similarities there. Last thing for you, the PGA Tour has been operating – Tax exempt, nonprofit, five hundred one c c six organization. I believe they are. Uh, it's it's always been kind of silly that they've operated that way. When you see the payouts and everything, but but they they are. Can now when you've got these billions of dollars behind you, do are they still able to do that? That's exactly what Jake Bonahan said in his press conference. He said, "What we have done is we have opened the doors to us financially." Uh, because we can now operate within the framework of a of a business operation, but in doing so, we are not on the PGA Tour changing our nonprofit status. So the new company can make money. The PGA Tour directly will still remain a nonprofit. So he's, he's ter- sort of splitting the baby with the uh, in half there, and uh, and trying to get both wars. Again, whether that works or not, I don't know. But Monahan specifically addressed that question that the PGA Tour would still remain a not-for-profit not operation. So you funnel stuff through the PGA Tour and you don't pay taxes on it? Uh, well, I, you know, if you look at it from the side that we look at it as normal human beings with everyday lives, of course this is not going to be something we would approve of. And, and honestly, the guys that are going to make money out of this are the, the name players, and the guys that are going to get cheated out of this are the lesser-named yeah. players. But that's... You know, that happens in all of life and certainly in sports as well. Sure, it does. Uh, Dan, really appreciate you taking some time with us today in a really, really complicated uh, situation. Uh, look forward to talking to you again real soon. Enjoyed it. Thanks for the opportunity, Matt. You bet. There's Dan Reardon, our, uh, our KMOX golf insider, giving us some uh, thoughts on the uh, PGA Live. Uh, he, he said it's not so much a merger, uh, it's. It's the PGA getting in bed with the public investment fund. I guess that's the best way to put it. And I guess the the questions that are out there, what's going to happen with Liv moving forward? We have seen uh, Greg Norman say that the the league is going to continue. By the way, I'm going to throw. I'm going to throw as hard as you can possibly throw someone under the bus. Sports producer extraordinaire Matt Pajeski. He and I were having a conversation. This just shows the age. Not that I'm a... Not that I'm an old guy. I'm, I'm 40, but he's much younger than me. He had no clue who Greg Norman was, none. And then because of Norman's nickname, the shark, he thought that maybe Greg Norman was from Shark Tank. Not and Shark Tank. <laughs> on Shark Tank. Was on Shark Tank, and he was getting him confused with Mr. Wonderful from Shark Tank. <laughs> I'm sorry. I had to share that story. All right. All right. Uh, when we come back, we'll talk some golf. Uh, not, yeah, we'll talk some uh, soccer, I should say, as uh, Sasha Kleschen is going to uh, join us here in just a moment or so. We'll talk City SC. Also talk uh, Messi. He's coming to the MLS. What does that mean? We'll get into it coming up in just a moment. It's a Gray Bar Sports Open Line on KMOX. It's the Gray Bar Sports Open Line. Goes mid swings and he hits a drive. He hits a slammer. On America's Sports Voice, KMOX. 
City SC, they uh, had a resumption yesterday as they had to go down to uh, Texas, and they end up uh, falling short by a 2-0 score. Now they have a quick turnaround as they are going to match up against the LA Galaxy coming up on Sunday afternoon. If you've been looking for an uh, afternoon game at home this Sunday, a 12 noon kickoff at City Park. Right now we're very happy to go to the Quiver River Electric guest line and uh, welcome on to the program a guy who was playing just a year ago. He is uh, Sasha Kleschen. He's now part of the team at uh, MLS Season Pass and uh, Apple TV Plus as he is the studio analyst for MLS 360. He joins us right now here on Sports Open Line. Sasha, thanks so much for taking some time with us today. How are you? All right, we are trying to get him on the program. We'll get. Uh, we'll try to fix the Quiver River Electric guest line here in the next moment or so and see if we can get him uh, locked in. All right, we say uh, evidently we now have him available to us. Shah, Sasha, I'll ask you again. Thank you for coming on the program. How are you? I'm I'm doing great. I'm very excited. This is a a big moment in MLS with Messi joining. This is going to be amazing. Yeah, we'll, we'll talk about City SC in a moment. That was going to be the first thing I wanted to talk to you about it. This is an international superstar coming into MLS. What does it mean for him to be part of it? I mean, international superstar, you said it, but this is this is this is Tom Brady, Michael Jordan, Tiger Woods all rolled into one. Just based on the popularity of him Lionel Messi worldwide we are getting a genuine superstar the best soccer player of all time to come play in our league and he's choosing to play in our league overtaking big money in Saudi Arabia or staying in Europe so that's this is a seminal moment in our league and it's just uh, all of us fans of the game and fans of MLS we are all the winners here to watch him play for the next few years I was talking with my wife earlier today and she's not a huge soccer person and I told her that uh, a guy who's one of the biggest players of all time is turning down a total offer of over a billion dollars and 400 million dollars per year to come play in MLS and she just couldn't believe that kind of money but I mean that's what it is that's what he turned down obviously he's gonna make some money here but uh it says something about uh mls and just everybody that worked real hard to make this happen yeah we've always wanted to be the league of choice uh, around the world for for big players for superstars for uh, for north american players and and having Lionel messi sign here w- with inter miami and join mls is just a giant step in the right direction we, we want all the best players in the world eventually to be playing here in Major League Soccer. And I, I wouldn't be surprised if a lot of other superstars over the next few years start to follow Lionel Messi towards MLS. Okay, that's interesting because a lot of people from an international standpoint don't look at MLS the same way that you look at some of the leagues uh, from the, that are European-type leagues. What Maybe this is a step, but what else has to happen for all of a sudden MLS to be more of a player when it comes to uh, attracting those type of players to the league? Well, listen, the infrastructure, the stadiums, this TV deal with Apple, we have everything. The one thing that does hinder us, which – is getting better year by year in slow increments is the salary cap and, and and budget restrictions on the type of players you can sign, you know, designated players, U22 initiatives, targeted allocation money, things like that. In my opinion, the league and the owners need to open up the checkbooks a little bit more and have a little bit more freedom 
uh, for teams to sign the players that they want without these salary cap or salary roster mechanism restrictions. I I asked somebody a question today because when I first heard the messy news and saw kind of how it was worked out and the fact that uh, some of the Apple TV money is going to be uh, funneled towards him when it comes to new signups, I thought to myself, I wonder if other teams in the league begrudge this a little bit in the sense that, that Apple and MLS season pass is kind of underwriting uh, Miami's opportunity to bring him in. And I asked somebody about that. And I was basically told I was totally off on that, that you know MLS is a single entity, all the ownerships, all the uh, managements understand how big of a deal this is for the league. I, I, I don't even know what the question is I'm asking you I just I, I find it interesting that it does seem like even though there is a bit of an advantage uh, to the team that gets him there doesn't seem to be any ill will about that happening yeah I don't know any of the intricacies of of what his contract will be like when it's finalized or or what's happening uh, or what has happened behind the scenes in regards to the Apple TV deal but yes I do agree with you that I I I think all the owners across the league of this single entity will be on board that we had to do whatever it takes to bring Lionel Messi to MLS to, to bring him. Listen, I think he wanted to play in Miami. I believe he has owned a home in Miami for some years now, and that's where he wanted to call home to settle down with his family. And I'm glad that MLS pulled out all the stops to get him here. Let's get into uh, City. They're going to match up against the LA Galaxy coming up on uh, Sunday at City Park. Uh, matched up against uh, your former team. How tough of a week is it where you, you, you have to go down to Texas and have a resumption of, of a match? You end up losing that 2 nothing. It wasn't a best effort. Then you have to get back to St. Louis as quickly as you possibly can. You get one extra day, Saturday versus Sunday. Uh, but this just seems like a, a challenging week for any team. Definitely challenging, and I think it's more challenging for the L.A. Galaxy. Yes, St. Louis only had to play, what, 45 minutes down in Dallas. They get to fly home right away. L.A. Galaxy played last night uh, in altitude at Real Salt Lake, lost in the Open Cup. Now they've got to deal with that disappointment. They flew home last night. They have the day off today. They've got to fly again on Saturday to St. Louis. So, listen, uh, it's, it's a little more difficult for the Galaxy and St. Louis gets to go back home, play at home, where they get their, their home crowd who stands the entire game, is right behind that team. And, and, and City could see, you know, this could be a trap game for, for St. Louis. You know, Galaxy has not been good this season. That is, that is a fact. That's not an opinion. And, and they're reeling right now, coming off a bad loss in the Open Cup. So you, you just don't want to see St. Louis City underestimate their opponent this weekend. Has it been tough for you? You're, you're fairly recently retired. Is it challenging for you going right into media where you've got to be able to analyze but criticize a lot of these guys? I'm sure you're pretty tight with uh, a lot of players with the Galaxy. Yeah, there's a lot of guys in the locker room that I still keep in touch with. And and for the most part, they understand that this is my job now and that part of the job of being a professional athlete is is to face some criticism, especially when things aren't going well. You know things aren't going well. You have to be the first to look in the mirror. And if they take it personally, that's on them. It's not on me. I, I played my entire career knowing that being in the spotlight, you are open to criticism. And I knew when I played a bad game. So whatever someone said about me, it never bothered me because I was my harshest critic. But yes, I've gotten a few text messages uh, as I've had to be a little bit critical of the LA Galaxy this year because, you know, quite frankly, it has not been good enough.
are players excited? Because the I, I know I talk every week to people connected with the league, and everybody is really happy about what's going on here in St. Louis, and obviously uh, the the new team and the success of the team and the the stadium that they play in. From a player standpoint, is it exciting exciting to go into a new venue that you've never played in before, especially one that's got pretty good fan support the way uh, we have here in St. Louis? One hundred percent, yes, especially for the away team. Just look, listen, speaking from experience, last season we got to play the very first home game in Charlotte FC's history, right? And so they had about 75,000 fans there. The atmosphere was awesome. We walked around the city the day of the game and grabbed a coffee, me and a couple of teammates. Everybody was wearing Charlotte FC gear. There was just a real buzz around the city. And playing in those games is just more fun than playing in an average regular season game against an opponent you've played 10 times. So it's exciting. I know the Galaxy players will be pumped up to get to St. Louis to play in that atmosphere, in that beautiful new stadium. And then, of course, they'll be looking to spoil the party like we did against Charlotte last year. We won 1-0 on the road. And when Efrain Alvarez scored this goal off, so the 75,000 people went quiet. Like you could hear the drop of a pin. So uh, I, I'm very excited to watch that game. And, yes, the, the LA Galaxy players and other players around the league that see these new stadiums, it's always fun to go see what the atmosphere is like in these new stadiums. How impressed have you just been with the overall start for the franchise for this team? I, I can't lie. I'm in shock. I uh, Listen, I know Bradley Carnell. I worked with him at the New York Red Bulls. I know he's a good coach. You just never know with an expansion team what things will be like. And, and I can't lie. I picked them to finish uh, bottom or near bottom of the West because we just didn't know. I didn't know what Jao Klaus would be like in MLS. I didn't know Edward Lovin that much, uh, you know, obviously was a decent player in Bundesliga to Bundesliga, but the way that Bradley Carnell has put this team together, it, it's still, uh, you know, after about halfway through the season, it's the story of the year so far in MLS. So knowing Bradley uh, fairly well, what is it about him, whether it's from an X's and O's standpoint or just from a, a personality standpoint, what is allowing him to help lead this team to something that's never happened before uh, in the history of the MLS? Well, it's both of the things that you mentioned. It's X's and O's that he puts in the work. He studies the tape, and I think he's looking to find ways uh, to exploit the other team while staying true to himself and his team's identity. And the other part is just managing the guys. Uh, You know, we spoke to him on the show a few times throughout the beginning of the season. He said, listen, yes, we've had a little bit of a chip on our shoulder. A lot of people picked us to finish last, but we on the inside have always believed in ourselves. And then when I see just like little videos from the training ground, uh, he, he's just built, I think, a really good atmosphere and culture in the team where the guys are having fun. The guys are enjoying being around each other, putting in the work every single day. It's very similar to what we had at the New York Red Bulls. A good group of guys who enjoy working hard, trying to get 1% better every single day. And that leads to good results and good play on the weekends. Certainly worth uh, mentioning this weekend's match is going to be free to all on the Apple TV app and online at uh, tv.apple.com. What has this experience been like for you being part of something brand new uh, with MLS Season Pass and working inside the studio? Well, this was the challenge for me as I thought about should I play again this season uh, or you know should I join Apple and and. In the end, the the decision was easy to me because, listen, I've been a professional soccer player for 17 years, and and although that was still a challenge, I was ready for a new challenge to see if I could be the best at something again. And so this is something brand new for me, being in the studio every weekend, 
uh, trying to watch and analyze all these games at once. And, and it's just exciting to be part of a massive company like Apple with a massive league like Major League Soccer uh, that is really on the rise and growing each and every year, getting better each and every season. And to be in it since day one is really exciting because it's all so brand new right now. And I just can't imagine where we're going to be five to 10 years from now. He is uh, Sasha Kletchen. You see him on uh, MLS 360. That's the uh, studio show that's uh, part of uh, MLS Season Pass. Sasha, thank you so much for uh, taking the time, and uh, hopefully we can catch up uh, sometime in the future. Sounds good. Thanks, man. There he is as uh, City in Action coming up Sunday afternoon. Of course, you also hear it on our sister station, Y98. I'm taking the family. It'll be the uh, first time my uh, wife and daughter have made their way into uh, City Park. I'm a li- I'll, I'll report back on Monday. I'm a little concerned about the everybody stands up at all times having a four-year-old there and how that's going to work out, but we'll get it all figured out. Uh, we'll also wrap up this hour of the program in just a moment. It's Graybar Sports Open Line on KMOX. Hi, I'm Paul Goldschmidt. Hi, I'm Miles Michaelis. I'm Adam Wainwright, and you're listening to the Voice of the Cardinals on KMOX. It's the Cards and Reds Friday night. Amron Total Access 620. First pitch 715. KMOX is Cardinals Radio. Back at it on a Gray Bar Sports Open Line. As always, if you want to join us, 314-436-7900. That's how you call or text. You can also tweet at me. At Matt Pauley on air. No Cardinals baseball tonight. They're back at tomorrow opening up a series against the Reds. Next hour, we are going to uh, be doing all baseball. It is the strike zone. We do that on Thursday nights during the 7 o'clock hour. Generally, it's like all Cardinals, all Major League Baseball. Where We're going to throw some college baseball in today. We are scheduled to be joined by Missouri baseball coach uh, Carrick Jackson, a St. Louis guy. Just fresh onto the job, he is going to join us about 7.20, and uh, we're also scheduled to be joined by uh, Mark Sheldon next hour to uh, talk a bit about the Cincinnati Reds as he is scheduled to join us at about 7.35. Wanted to mention this real quick, the Big Ten Conference announcing how they're going to work out football scheduling with uh, the additions of UCLA and USC into the league. 2024 is going to be the first season with 16 teams and no divisional format. Starting in 2024, the Big Ten is going to debut the Flex Protect Plus model. Sounds like a mattress. Uh, It features a combination of protected opponents and rotating opponents for universities. Each member uh, institution will play nine conference games, and teams will play every other conference opponent at least uh, twice, once home and once away in a four-year period. Uh, Illinois' annual protected games are going to be matchups against Northwestern and Purdue. And then also through every two-year period, you are going to uh, have uh, basically a designated two-play opponent for Illinois in 2024 and 2025. Ohio State is going to be their two-play opponent. So it looks like this. In uh, 2024, Illinois will have home games against Iowa, Maryland, Michigan, and Purdue. And they'll have road games against Michigan State, Northwestern, Ohio State, Rutgers, and USC. And then in 2025, they'll have home games against Indiana, Minnesota, Northwestern, Ohio State, and UCLA. And they will go to Nebraska, Penn State, Purdue, and Wisconsin. There's going to be a quiz on all that information coming up later on this uh, in this program. Other protected matchups in the Big Ten include Indiana and Purdue, Iowa and Minnesota, 
Iowa and Nebraska, Iowa and Wisconsin, Maryland and Rutgers, Michigan, Michigan State, Michigan, Ohio State, Minnesota and Wisconsin, and then UCLA, USC. Does it still feel weird talking about I mean, they're not in the league yet, so of course it feels weird, but I don't know. I'm and, and I'm a Big 12 conference guy, so if in a perfect world, Missouri and Nebraska and Colorado would all still be, and Texas A&M would all still be in the Big 12, uh, and Texas and Oklahoma who are leaving. Uh, there's a chance that Colorado's going to end up back in the Big 12. It's just, I don't know. You think Big 10, you think Midwest, you think uh, Great Lakes region. You don't think USC and UCLA. I get why they did it. It's just so weird talking about these things and talking about USC and UCLA when we talk about the Big Ten. All right, the strike zone. That is the 7 o'clock hour. Don't go anywhere. We'll continue on. It is a Graybar Sports Open line right here on KMOX. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. 